You guys made it to the end of the week. Long weekend ahead. Labor Day weekend. Whatever you're doing. Hanging out with the family. Watching college football. Hanging out with friends. Going to see a couple movies. Whatever the case may be. Ben and I are glad that you guys chose us to be a part of your holiday weekend. So thank you, guys. That means a lot to us. Yeah. Don't go away, though. We've got, we got a great show for you. Plus, our good buddy Jacob's going to be on. The always positive Jacob Beals is going to be joining us a little later to talk about 2005 and the year that was. But before we get to that, guys, it's time to get to our rundown light. Ben, <laughs> how are we today? We are doing pretty good. Pretty All good. Right. How about yourself? You know, it's it's the start. We're recording this on the Monday, start of a new week. So hopefully nothing big happens while we're recording or afterwards. So we are getting back together on Wednesday, so we can always go back in and you know plug plug some stuff in. But probably after we're done recording, something big is going to drop. Like Paramount is uh, tanking <laughs> and they're selling off all their IP to other places. Something like that. Something big is going to happen like that. Yeah, usually does. Yeah, not Paramount though. They they've got Top Gun Maverick to save their asses this year, so they're okay. I do want to recommend this podcast though, and I just I just started it. But one of my favorite character actors lately, been the past few years, John Bernthal. He has this YouTube channel called Real Ones with John Bernthal. It's on YouTube, and I start I watched like maybe two and a half minutes of this one with uh, Shia LaBeouf. Like hmm. it got real, and I was like, holy crap! So I am very much looking forward to uh, to watching the rest of that conversation. Other other people, other guests he has on, mm-hmm. big recommend. Also, I want to quickly talk about the Rogue One re-release that I saw, got to go see over the weekend. I actually saw it twice over the over this past weekend. Um, went once with a buddy of mine on Friday, and then I went actually today been by myself. Just went off this afternoon, just hopped on over to the AMC and went off by myself. Uh, the Andor footage was part of the reason to kind of go and 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 see the re-release. And the Andor footage they showed was an extended, a very much extended clip of a clip they already released on YouTube. So when the clip started, I was like, really? What the hell, Disney? Come on now. But it was very much extended. And they actually got a little bit of the action. You can see a, a cool action scene that involved uh, Diego Luna and uh, Stone Skarsgård. So really, really awesome. I'm very hyped for the show, even though it's still contained in that little bubble we call the Tatooine War. I mean, the Skywalker saga. So... Yeah. yeah, but seeing Rogue One again on the big screen, Ben, was, God, it was just so great to see. I freaking love this movie so much. I, we already talked about it last week on the Star Wars episode, but, I mean, the tears were flowing. I, I chills. That Darth Vader scene, man. I, I, I'm going to go out and say it. I think it's probably my favorite Darth Vader scene we've ever got. It is just epic. You know, and the other Darth Vader scene I want to mention too, Ben, that we didn't actually get in the movie, but in a game. Jedi, what was it? Fallen, that's Fallen Order, right? Or, yeah, I always forget Jedi. the name. <laughs> I'm, whatever, fallen yeah. something. Fallen Jedi, I think. Yeah, fallen Jedi, fallen Jedi, Jedi water, whatever it is. You guys know the game we're talking about. When Vader appears from the smoke, oh, yeah, man, I lost my shit. I was like, "Yep, this was worth the sixty bucks." Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. And it's something like a like a cameo too. It's just like, oh, you're running away from Vader. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm like, we're not fighting Vader, are we? Because we're gonna lose. I'm gonna lose. 50 times. Okay, cool. We're just running away. But yeah, the Vader scene in Rogue One is awesome. And yeah, if you guys have a chance to go see Rogue One in theaters, please, please do. I fantastic re-release. I'm glad I got a chance to go go and do it. It was probably it's probably I've been a lot of re-releases, Ben. 
this is probably my second favorite re-release I've gotten to do. It was just awesome. I wonder if you're gonna count the end game re-release, Ben, because that was just it was still kind of out during its already it's already theatrical run. They just wanted to put some unfinished deleted scene and a intro from the Rooster Brothers and then a quick thing from the Stanley, but you know, whatever. Yep. My favorite re-release will always be that first Avengers movie, seeing that again on the big screen during that Marvel's 10-year anniversary thing they did back in 2018. That was God, it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. National Cinema Day. It's a thing now, guys. So just for <laughs> all you guys who National Cinema Day is a thing. That's but it's be, rather new. Okay. It's very, very new. It's okay. just starting this year. But if you go on Fandango, every single movie ticket you buy for that Saturday, which is the third, will be $3, which is pretty cool. So if, I mean, if, you're, if you want to go out and see a movie this weekend, I mean, there's a lot of great re-releases releasing this weekend, which I'm ready to talk about in a second. Um, but there's a, if you want to go out and see a movie, during the late, during the holiday weekend, guys, that Saturday the third, that's a great opportunity to go out and do that. So speaking of re-releases of movies, though, then we've got No Way Home and Jaws coming to theaters or coming back to theaters this weekend, which is exciting. I'm going to do both. I'm excited to see No Way Home again this Thursday and Jaws on Friday with my mom. And I think we're bringing my, we're trying to get my grandpa to go. So fingers crossed we can get my grandpa to go uh, and, and and see that with us. Uh, which one are you looking forward to more in terms of re-release? I'm very trying to answer this already, though. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, I'm still uh, not sure exactly what's in that 11 minutes. I've heard rumors uh, of for the Spider-Man No Way Home. But, I know. Sony's, uh, like, already dropping stuff on their YouTube channel. Like, dropping oh, really? Little I was like, come on, Sony. Yeah. Some people go on. see it, and you're already showing stuff. <laughs> Typical Sony. Yeah. Typical Sony. But I've always wanted to see Jaws on the big screen, so I'll yeah. That's uh, that's one I'll definitely go to. All right. And the last announcement, guys. Happy 25th to Netflix. Goddamn Netflix. Y'all been around for that long? Wow. Hmm. Look at you now. Struggling. No, I'm just kidding. I'm struggling. <laughs> but, I mean, Netflix, they changed the game for streaming then. They, I mean, now we have Apple Plus and Disney Plus and HBO Max and Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. AMC Plus and Shutter all paramount plus which used to be cbs all access i mean it's just the amount of content we have now if you haven't court cut yet what are you doing and i say that as someone who hasn't court cut himself so uh i mean i don't know how much longer cable is going to be around then but i mean just in terms of netflix and what they've done i just want to kind of share with, with with you guys some of my favorite shows from netflix in honor of netflix uh, arcane the show you love that show stranger things of course ozark house of cards i love and then probably been probably one of the more underrated shows on that streaming service which i just you know how much i love this show but dead to me so mm-hmm. freaking good I, I season three i thought it was going to be coming out this year ben they yeah kind of quiet i know they finished production before summer started uh so maybe it'll come out October, November, December time frame, but it's the final season. I just Applegate and and uh, why do I? I can't. I almost like Chris <laughs> and Miliotti. Carlini. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they got their their chemistry. That show, man, is just it's so freaking good. I love their banter in the back and forth. It's really good. And but yeah, do you have a couple of favorite shows? Ben, you want to mention from Netflix? We're not talking about movies because most of the movies suck. So. <laughs> The the reason I got it in the first place was Daredevil, which I know is over on Disney oh, Plus now. Yes, Daredevil, but 
yeah, I, I really enjoyed, especially Daredevil, but but watching all those Marvel shows when they came out. Uh, Bloodline was an early favorite that's still. My mom got me into that show. Love yeah. that series. Yeah, especially the first season. The other two are are good, but that first season's incredible. Um, yeah, those, those are the two that jump out, and then of course the ones you shouted out to, Stranger Things. I think it's crazy how that was. Uh, I mean, not early. I guess it was early in my Netflix watching um, time, but it's been around for a while and still, still kicking. It's, I think that in the Crown. Oh, of course, Crown Jewels. Uh, right now, that because Ozark's over. Because I want to put Ozark up there, but Ozark's over now. So, so the show's still running. Because I think the Crown's still running, if I'm not mistaken. I think Stranger Things and the Crown are still their Crown Jewels. But I think with this next phase, I think Arcane will be their their next Crown Jewel. I God, guys, please, if you haven't gone around to watch Arcane, please do it. It's fantastic. And I mean, before before that, too, but House of Cards was their Crown Jewel as well. They that show, I just love that series. So freaking good. And he, he who shall not be named was fantastic in the role. And Robin Wright was just one of the most badass woman characters of all time. And I loved her character. She was awesome. So yeah, happy 25th Netflix. Just improve your street. Just improve your original movies. Mm-hmm. You get the Irishman though. So I, I, you know what though? There's a few. marriage story. You got marriage story. You got the Irishman. The half of it. Mank. I don't really like make all that much yeah, though. No. Triple Frontier is solid. Oh, okay. That Ben Affleck solid little action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about <laughs> it for me. All right, I'm sure that you know there's others. Ben, it's just like they come up with so many. Yeah. I think they just put one out right now as we're talking. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how they got it wrapped up in film and you know, wrapped none everything, but I think we all can we, we can all agree their streaming series guys are just top notch. Mm-hmm. So. Let's get into some news. Not a whole lot of news right now. We're recording this on a Monday. So, like we said, something's going to happen in about five seconds. And uh, I'm going to be really pissed off. I want to talk about Euphoria real quick. Because Barbie Ferreira is not returning to season three. Of course, she played Cat, And I'm not all that surprised. Because her and um, uh, Levy. No, not Levy. What's his name? No, right. No, I'm not Levy. Uh, Evanson. Yes, thank you. I don't know why. I always want to say Levy for some reason, but yeah, him and uh, Levinson or her and Levinson have had really a falling out in season two because she really kind of got sidelined big mm-hmm. time. Uh, Kat, the character Kat did in season two. So I, 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 I'm saddened by her departure because she was great with the material she was given, but um, there's been rumors that Zendaya kind of wants to kind of move on to the co- seeing them when they do in college. If they do go that route for season three, I just don't want to have to wait like two another two years for the next season because I love season two, and uh, they kind of left ruin a good place for season three. So I'm I'm, I'm curious how they're going to move forward with these characters. Now you are still on season one, Ben, correct? Yeah, correct. Well, look, I, look, I can't blame you because this show it's yeah it's it's one of the more heavier shows on HBO Max. Man, it, it is. You don't get a lot of smiles. No. <laughs> don't. And you don't really feel all comfortable and clean watching it either. This this show makes you feel dirty yep. watching it. It's it's gross, but it's it's heavy and it's real. And performances are worth watching. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey D. Morgan coming to join the cast of The Boys season four. Fuck yes! I thank you, thank you, Amazon. <laughs> this is perfect casting. That's all I have to say. Thank you. 
I'll catch up with that at some point too. No, you won't. Uh, Adam Wing, you've been saying that for the past like couple of years. I feel like <laughs> Adam Wingard. It's official. He is back to direct the Godzilla versus Kong sequel. All right. Yeah. Stuff. I'm excited. He did a great job with uh, Godzilla versus Kong. So it sounds like this movie Godzilla and Kong are going to be back. But I think it's going to be Kong centric, uh, dealing kind of with the mythology and stuff of uh you know where they come from and everything and rebecca hall brian tyree henry among others and the little girl in the film too they're all gonna be back lot, as well as some other cast members but yeah i'm excited for Wingard to come back because he did exactly what we wanted he he yep. made the film we all wanted and did it make much sense <laughs> no not really the, 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 the laws of physics were thrown out the window for this film I think he saw Fast Nine and was like, you know what? I can do that too. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna one X this. I'm gonna 10 X this though. <laughs> I'm gonna get really out there. It took a car into space. Well, I'm gonna make up this fake make-believe land in the middle of the earth. Yep. So, get ready. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah. It's cool that some of the uh human characters, like you said, are returning. Because I don't has it really happened before uh, movie to movie. <laughs> Kyle Chandler and uh, yeah. Billy Bobby Brown from Godzilla and the Monsters came back for Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, um, true, true. Okay. I've seen them all once, so. Yeah, I've, 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 I've loved Godzilla vs. Kong, man. It's just, yep. just a blast. Yep. All right, so. Beverly Hills Cop 4 is officially happening on Netflix. And you have lost my interest because it's going to Netflix. Yeah. It's got Eddie Murphy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Taylor Page. Great cast. I just have no faith now because it's going to Netflix. Ben? Uh, so they did Dolomite is my name, right? Oh, another great Netflix movie. There we go. I like, yeah. I like Dolomite yeah. is my name. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that one with Eddie. So, yeah, I have I have mild faith, I guess. Um, Coming to America was a his most recent, I guess, straight to streaming, digital yeah. Uh, streaming, yeah, which I thought was funny in parts, but yeah, definitely not as good as the original. No. Um, and it was way too long. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen, uh, yeah, the original Beverly Hills Cop, so I'm excited to go back and watch the other two. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how Kate this one goes down. Was really great in Zola, by the way. If you haven't seen Zola, go watch Zola. It is. It's an interesting movie. I'll say that much. And it's based off a Twitter thread, seriously. And only A24 can pull that crap off. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, if you don't know much about Taylor Page, she's been, she's been in uh, Zola, Marmarani's Black Bottom. Uh, I think those are the two I, I've only seen her in, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, she did a movie with Matthew McConaughey called White Boy Rick, and I don't think I've seen that one yet. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't either, but look good. I, I look forward to seeing her career blossom even more because she's and Zola, she's just she was stupid good, like really, really great. All right, let's talk about Marvel stuff before we talk about some D23 and Disney Plus Day predictions. Guys, it's official. Matt Shakeman will direct Fantastic Four. It is now official, it has been confirmed. We 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 voiced our pros and cons on the last episode about you know him directing Fantastic Four and we were a bit hesitant. I'm still a bit hesitant, but I just remember what he did with Wanda and Vision 
just character wise, Ben. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he made me care about Wanda and Vision more than the Russos did. And like, I, I don't. The Russos did a great job with Wanda, but they had a bunch of characters they had to juggle, so they couldn't just focus on Wanda, right? So, I am very. I'm still hesitant on it. Not the movie, but just him directing it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get this and here in a, a bit in a second about you know casting announcements for Fantastic Four, but I really do think now this is all going to depend on who does he have as his cast because I think the cast has actually been set for a while. <laughs> okay, I, I I just think that you know Twitter's a, you know and and all those trades are just kind of scrambling for anything to kind of. So, I mean, I feel like they've announced almost every actor and actress possible to for who could play Fan, Mr. Fantastic. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Sue Storm. I, I, I feel like I see saw Meryl Streep even <laughs> in there as Mrs. Sue Storm. I really, I feel like I saw that on Twitter one day. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's just going to depend on the casting at this point now. Kind of what, what's, what's the tone going to be for this Fantastic Four movie as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how he jumps from TV to to movies like we said before but interesting yeah and so it is confirmed to that he has dropped out of star trek 4 which yeah. we kind of knew that was going to happen with him joining this and i mean if they were gonna if star trek 4 was even going to happen i feel like they would have been in front of cameras by now um, so we'll probably hear something it's definitely going to get delayed for sure and that can probably next go it probably come out until 2024 2025 but yeah. whoever they get to direct that Hopefully it's a good choice, or maybe just bring JJ back. Honestly, because I liked what he, JJ did with those first two Star Trek movies, and like, he's not coming back to Star Wars. So, I mean, uh, JJ's uh, got some time on his hands. <laughs> True. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about D twenty three Disney Plus Day, guys. It's a national holiday for all us Disney fans. Next weekend, We've got D twenty three next Thursday, and and we got the big Kahuna, the big the big event then. Disney Plus Day, and Marvel has blocked Marvel. Disney has blocked out two hours on the tenth of September, um, one p.m. Eastern time. It's ten a.m. Pacific time, and twelve o'clock for you guys. An hour back, and whatever your time zone is, they have blocked out two hours to talk about everything from Marvel, Lucasfilm, you know, Star Wars, whatnot. So, and I think Fox as well. So. They're they've got they're gonna they're they're not gonna waste any time. They're going to announce a lot of shit. I don't know if they scheduled their own separate one for Pixar stuff. I'm not sure. I just know I think they blocked out some time specifically for Star Wars, Marvel, and, and others. So it's it's definitely gonna go over that two hour mark because Kevin Feige was given like an hour at Comic Con and he went way over that hour for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, look, it's, you give Kevin Feige all the time he needs. Oh, yeah, it's it's Feige. That's my man right there. Anyway, so what Ben and I thought we would do was give you guys some predictions of what's going to be announced at D23 and Disney Plus Day. Or as Ben eloquently put this before we started recording, what I am going to predict, <laughs> because it sounds like Ben was kind of struggling a little bit. Were you not, Ben, or, or are you, how are you feeling about your predictions now? Yeah, 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 I'm just, I'm not good at predicting um, even like casting and stuff, but especially <laughs> announcements. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how right, this well, goes. Well, well, you know what? Let's say my let's save me for last. Let's see what you got. Okay. Uh a few that I had. Well, I Wrong. figured. Yep, I know. <laughs> uh 
I figured some werewolf by night footage. Interesting. I I have I slash we'll get, poster. I, I think we'll get an announcement of when this when whenever this is gonna come out. Yeah. Because I've heard that this movie or this show was kind of a mess. Oh, okay. I've heard it's kind of all over the place. If I mean they have they, really no one's heard diddly squat about this except for people obviously working on it. So I I hope they do announce something at either on Disney Plus Day or D23, but I wouldn't hold my breath mm-hmm. for an announcement on Werewolf by Night. But I think we might get something. I figured at least some some footage, maybe. Um since it's coming, but that's sad to hear that it's a mess. Uh, but that's, so, a book. that's a rumor we don't know that for sure yeah yeah they have time to workshop um i figured secret invasion i think some stills or poster or character or something i don't think we'll get so i think too i think disney plus they're going to show us a bit of a teaser maybe okay. like 30 45 seconds yeah yeah uh, but i think on D23, they're going to show the people attending what they showed at Comic-Con, um, which was like a minute or something of footage. That's a little sizzle reel, but I think we'll get maybe our first teaser poster, maybe, and some stills, mm-hmm. and Pablo, and I think, more importantly, we'll probably get an official release date of when this is actually going to come out. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They That's just said too. spring 2023. Which, yeah. I mean, that could be anything. So I think yeah. we'll get an official release date. And uh, maybe maybe a little bit of footage because last time, last D twenty three, we just saw Nick Fury without the eye patch. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 hoping for a little bit more because they've been hyping this series up as like this next big crossover event. So mm-hmm. and there's a lot on a, pl- on, on a plate. There's a lot of line of a secret invasion because they cannot screw this up. I really hope they don't screw this one up. Yeah, I mean just because of the cast, the the, the talent they have doing this, and the storyline implications for the future of the MCU. They really can't screw this one up, but I have mm-hmm. I have Me as well. Uh, it was on my mind because I I think I just saw they wrapped production or, or filming of it was the Echo. I thought maybe the poster or date maybe for that. I think we were actually going to be due for another little teaser. Okay, forty five seconds. They'll probably show a money shot of Kingpin or Daredevil to kind of get yeah. the crowd, everybody hyped up. Uh, because at that point, well, I don't know now. Because at next week we still don't have Daredevil yet on She-Hulk, mm-hmm. so they're going to. I don't know if they're how careful they're going to be. Are they going to wait? Well, look, we've already seen Matt Murdock in No Way Home, so I don't know what the point is of hiding him. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious what what are their roles going to be in this series. So I hope to kind of explain that a little bit more. Um, they got they got to do something for the show to get us all excited because right now only reason why ever all of us are really excited is because they're definitely kingpin are in it. If they're yeah. if these guys were in it, we wouldn't be talking about the show right now. Just would it, and that's sad because I think Akia Kakex did a good job in the role. They just mm-hmm. gave her a really crap story in Hawkeye, unfortunately. So yeah, we'll see. We shall yep. see. Uh, and then the other two is kind of grouped together: Star Wars stuff. Uh, I figured either. Ahsoka or Mando three, probably get a little both. But oh, I think we are due for a Mandalorian <laughs> three teaser trailer. I think we're okay. That. I it's not coming out till February, so I don't know how much they're going to show. 
Right. Which is, you know, that's, that's the question of the day. But I think we're going to see something. And I think they're going to drop a bomb uh, for Ahsoka. I think they're, we're, we're going to see a lot from Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. I was figuring more from that. Yeah. They're going to show a lot. And I think we're going to finally get some updates on the, on the Acolyte series as well. Because they've been saying oh, yeah, this is yeah. plus day. And they've been kind of quiet. And they got Amanda Stenberg to be the lead. Mm hmm. Which is awesome. I just love her in bodies, bodies, bodies. And of course, the hate you give, but here we go. Her big, her big breakout role, possibly then Star Wars. So I'm excited to see what potential could come from this. Because um, yep. also, too, Leslie Headland steering the shoes. <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> Leslie. <laughs> Hell yes. Okay. All right. Is it my turn now? Okay, so um, if you guys don't know me, uh, I cheat a lot, so I definitely have more than five, as I told Ben to do. Um, I have 20. I'm just kidding, I'm not 20, but I, I do have a little bit more than five. So Ben can now sit back, relax, and have some snacks. All right, so this is going to excite Ben a lot. One of my predictions I think is going to happen. They're going to bring the man himself, Harrison Ford, with James Mangold on stage to present footage in the official title for Indiana Jones five. I think it's going to, I, yes. I cannot, that would be a missed opportunity if D 23 doesn't at least do that. That sounds epic. That, that would just <laughs> break yep. the internet. That would be <laughs> awesome. So I think we're definitely going to get that. If not Harrison Ford, I think we're definitely going to get more plot details. Uh, maybe uh, what's the, Girl from Fleabag. What's her name? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to find a little bit more about what her involvement is in the in the movie mm-hmm. as well. And uh, maybe Shia LaBeouf. I'm just going to Shia LaBeouf. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward. I think we're definitely going to see something about that in the Five Project. Sweet. We are going to get our second teaser or maybe more footage for Avatar: The Way of the Water. True. Yep. I think we are due for that. However, the only thing in the way of that, we are it's water. Av- no, yes, that too. <laughs> we are getting an Avatar re-release in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Are they gonna save? Like, hey, if you go see Avatar, you'll get to see the trailer. Mm-hmm. So they have two options, but I think we'll definitely learn more from James Cameron at least about. I don't know if he'll be there. He isn't the kind of person who would show up at D twenty three. So it might be a pre-recorded message, like, "Hey, fuckers." Did you see everybody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my movie's three hours and twenty minutes long. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what you guys think. So, I'm too too busy working on Avatar five, but here's yes. a bit of Avatar two. Uh, trying to get all sorts there. Going to come as a Terminator for Avatar five and six. So <laughs> working on that thing right now. Okay. Um. Bye, pissers. See you later. See you guys later. <laughs> Sounds like James Cameron, right? Yeah. Exactly. Someone's probably watching this right, listening to this right now, and being like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron, that mean? Look, I haven't met the man. I just, you know, just, just a grumpy old grouch. Now, actually, that would be something really Scott would do. Like, hey, fuckers, you guys missed <laughs> the last duel. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm about to make a movie worse than, worse than The Counselor. So <laughs> get ready. So yeah, I'm definitely expecting something from Avatar, The Way of the Water. Let's move on to Star Wars. Because of course, but I gotta save Marvel for last, man. That's that's the, that's the golden rule in the Infinity Film Podcast. You save the best for last. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's move on to that crap fest on the Star Wars. Um, 
honestly, I'm kind of with you. Star Wars. I think we're going to learn a little bit more about Ahsoka and Mandalorian. I have a sneaking suspicion. Just a hunch. We might get a season two of Obi-Wan, a book of Boba Fett. And I, mm. don't want, I don't want it, but something tells me that we're going to get a season two of one of those series. They ju- I, I, and I... I think it might be Obi-Wan, honestly. I think I think Lucasfilm knows Book of Boba Fett didn't do so well. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ben, I mispronounced the name. But I, they knew that the Book of Mandalorian didn't do so well. <laughs> so, it's okay. Uh, you caught it. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, here's the thing, though. There's more potential with the Book of Boba Fett season two. Yeah. They can right the wrongs of season one. Mm-hmm. You know, I changed my mind. I think they're gonna announce season two of Book of Boba Fett. But I do think we might see Ian show and be like, "Hey guys, thanks for watching my show." He doesn't sound like that. But hey, guys, hey man, <laughs> he's not from Disney. Yeah. Disney canceled me, and I'm gonna hop on the ship and get out of here. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I believe their, I guess, the creator or writer, whoever was, uh, statements that were kind of like, "Ah, we'll see if there's a season two. It'd have to be a good script, though." Something along the lines of that, I remember hearing. So, yeah, I think I announced them beat a little too quick. Yeah, I do too. But Book of Boba Fett, there's been enough time. We've kind of all forgotten about it. <laughs> oh, Ben, I keep... Book of Mandalorian. Sorry. Right. Like I said, there is potential there because I love that character of Fennec in the series, man. They did such a great job. And that's sad that I like side characters in Mando and Grogu and Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker more than Boba Fett. Jesus Christ, Star Wars, what's wrong with you guys? Anyway, we talked about that last week. Taika Waititi's Star Wars film is an interesting one because this man has like seven projects in line right now. Uh, There's Thor 5 is interesting, man, because I don't know if they're going to do a Thor 5 or they're just going to or if we're going to wait to see him pop up again until Avengers. I, I, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm fascinated by this. So I do think we're going to get another Thor film before Secret War or Kang Dynasty. I, I I do because of the Hercules angle. I You can't wait all the... Well, they've done it before. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that Hercules thing was big, dumb. That's, I mean, I don't know. Damn you, Marvel. I, I I wish I knew the what was going on in Kevin Foggy's head. I really <laughs> do. The question is, do you bring Taika back? Mm-hmm. Four, mm-hmm. Four, five. I say yes. Because, yeah, he, you know, but I, we have our faults with Love and Thunder, but he did Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, Taika's got all these projects coming up, and I do think he's going to get a Star Wars movie out there before he even thinks about a 4 or 5. So. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think we'll uh, get an official announcement about what's going on with that. And I think we're going to get some more info too on John Watts's uh, Star Wars Spider-Man project. I'm just kidding. Star Wars project he's got coming up. Um, that sounds interesting, actually. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Cue the MCU fanfare. Let's get into Marvel now, ladies and gentlemen. The big kahuna. Kevin Feige. What is going on there, Brandon Yours, man? What do you have cooking? Because Ben, Foggy knows how to get a presentation started, but he knows how to leave with a bang. 
he's going to drop something so big, our mouths are going to drop. It's like two Avengers films, we're dropping three Avengers films that year. Six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe he did that. And that just, <laughs> two Avengers films in one year, that, that made me cry. Ooh, big, big stuff. God, I love that man. <laughs> we know. Beautiful man. Beautiful, beautiful man. All right. So, yeah. What's Marvel got cooking up? Uh, I want to get some obviouses out of the way. Obviouses. Obvious points out of the way. Obvious. New <laughs> word of the day, guys. Obvious. Yes. <laughs> At the dark. <laughs> yep. We're going to get a new Black Panther trailer. Okay. I think they're going to show us the final trailer for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to at least show D23. The new trailer, maybe even a, a exclusive scene. I think they're definitely yeah. doing that. Uh, so I think that's going to happen because we're then we're we're getting close, getting close to that release date for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I'm getting I'm getting hyped for that. By the way, man, that trailer, masterful. I think they gotta show us something from what if season two. Yeah, I almost included that. Even I thought about like just like episode titles or descriptions. Well, they showed that they showed one episode, I think, with, with Captain Carter and Bucky. I mm-hmm. did an episode on that. It showed people at Comic Con that. So okay. I feel like they might show us a teaser of what's to come. Mm-hmm. I just been I just can't get that Odin and when who episode out of that is going Yeah, to yeah, yeah. We might do a whole spoiler review just on that episode. I'm not, <laughs> not even kidding. I can't wait till next year, or the year after when it's coming out. Um, no, next year. Next year, I think is, is right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're gonna see something for what if. So let me continue on the Disney Plus side, then I'll get to the movie side. I think Ben is right. I think we're definitely gonna see something from Secret Invasion and Echo. Um, I do think we're gonna see something from Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Okay. I'll be official release because that is supposed to be the epilogue to phase four. Uh, yeah. Black Panther's the official end, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like playing off the far from home thing of being the epilogue to the phase so far. Yeah. So uh, I think we'll get a release date for that. This show just ended, so I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're going to announce it. I'm not. I've been thinking more and more, but they're going to do a season two of Moon Knight. Whether that happens in this saga or the next saga, I think they're going to do a season two. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of possibilities and story. I, I kind of like I, I, as much as I love Oscar Isaac in the role, I don't really want him interacting with the Avengers. Yeah, I think that the character is a good TV <laughs> character. Just imagine someone like Thor interacting with Moon Knight. Yeah, it'd be odd. I, it, I know. I was just like, how do you, how do the Avengers react to a character like Moon Knight? Yeah, you know. So I I think there's more potential with the Midnight Suns kind of a thing, and maybe a, a series in the next saga with the Midnight Suns. Um, also on Disney Plus, I think they're going to show us stills of the Ironheart series. I think they're mm-hmm. going to get us started on that really early, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get Don Cheadle on stage to announce armor wars in phase six finally please ben you know how much i've been looking forward to this series i come yeah. on please just, just give us give me something give me something yep and i've been i it's wishful thinking i love for sarah will come back 
and beat Justin Hammer in this series. Yeah, it's, it's wishful thinking. I don't know if he would do it, but you know, man, that would be something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just for Sam Walker to come on and do that dance in Iron Man Two. Remember that dance he did on the stage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like, God, Iron Man Two has a lot of problems, but Sam Walker was not one of them. He yep. just he was having fun with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's it for Disney Plus. I because I think they're gonna do a lot of stuff on Disney Plus Day for Disney Plus stuff. Um, as far Makes as like, announcements and, and footage and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think well, footage-wise, I think they're gonna show exclusive footage for Disney Plus series at D23 during that two-hour time block, but not show it to us regular people who can't go into you know, <laughs> the plebeians, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Less less fortunate who can't be at D23. Lucky bastards. All right. Now let's get to the movies, Ben. Let's get to the big screen. Mm-hmm. Big, big screen. Giant screen, even. I hate you. <laughs> More on that later. Uh, like I said, Black Panther trailer, I think it's official. I think it's going to have official. It's not official. <laughs> Don't run with that Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky <Lip> Rotson. <laughs> Get that damn trailer. It was nearly four minutes He's long. Right. We're gonna kill this stuff and Doctor Doom. It was gonna kill this guy. I didn't say it. Oh gosh, I didn't say it. No, but I got canceled. So anyway, <laughs> I think that's gonna happen. Shang Chi two, gonna get announced. Ben, I think it's happening. Okay. I think it's gonna come out. 2020, I'm gonna say 2025, maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking 2025. Good, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking 2025. I can see it. Pretty, uh, pretty good release here with that movie. Pretty sure. Because then Mr. Cretton will get bit, will get busy, will be busy with Avengers, uh, Kang Dynasty. So I think 2025 is a good year to, for that to get released, but what do I know? Just some schlub. So, <laughs> Eternals. Now we're divided here on this podcast about Eternals, very, yep. very much. If you want to listen to more on that page, <laughs> check out an episode we did last year. Really fun episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a trademark that had, that came out, and when that trade, those all those trademarks got leaked about uh, potential titles. One of them was Eternity War. Now. Mm. I don't know if that's going to be the title. Kevin Feige has had a bunch of time to kind of go out there and change that name of the title if he wants to and trademark it or something else, but it'll probably get leaked. So, man, whatever. But I do think Eternals 2 is going to happen. I, I, then they just, that, that ending, man, you cannot, yeah, you can't wait all this time. I don't even think you can go into the next saga and do Eternals. You have to do another movie before Avengers or will it be the film in between the, the two Avengers films I'm curious about that because there's a the movie in July I think of 2025 in between King Dynasty and Secret Wars will it mm. be Eternals I don't know I, I, I don't know Kevin Feige mm-hmm. does <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see uh, they're probably going to show some footage off to the Marvels to, to the people there you know, so yeah, I'm sure that happened. Oh, and by the way, Loki season two for Disney Plus, they'll probably show footage from that. We might get some stills and some new info in terms of what's going to be going down in Loki season two. So, curious. I'm curious what King's King, uh, King, yeah, King's involvement in season two will be. Yeah, because he's going to be in Quantum Mania. Obviously, he's going to be he's going to have his own Avengers film. So, I'm curious what his role in season two is going to be. What 
variant of Kang will be showing up in Loki season two. Yeah. I feel like he'll be, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like he won't be like the main villain because it'll be that in the future, but he'll be, he'll be popping around behind. Well, they're technically they're at the end of time in Loki. They're at, they're at the end of time. Yeah. So I just, I just love being that world of TVA, man. They, yeah. God, and can we just get Moby's at jet ski, please? Come on, guys. Do it. By the way, have you guys seen these set photos of John? Because John the Major is also doing Kang or uh, Kang Three, Creed Three. He Ben, he's <laughs> y'all Avengers are screwed. Y'all, yeah, y'all this man is yoked. He is jacked. <laughs> yep. Do not mess with Jonathan Majors at all. I'm uh, good God. When I saw those on Twitter months ago, I was like, shit. <laughs> this man's gonna be king now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Good. Y'all. Good luck, Avengers. All right. It sucks to be you. I'll be watching <laughs> my popcorn. I'll have fun with that. <laughs> um. Fantastic Four. They're going to announce the cast, and we were talking about this with our buddy Jacob a little bit off screen. I am being convinced less than less that John Krasinski is going to be in it. Now watch John Krasinski is going to be in it. So uh, I, I don't think he's going to be in it. Unfortunately, I, I, I think that was just Feige giving us the fans wet dream right there of having mm-hmm. uh, seeing him in the, in the outfit and the costume, everything just fulfilling a fan's fantasy right there in multiverse of madness of seeing uh, Krasinski read, read, read Richards. But he is spaghetti now. So, you know, boo hoo. I do think we're, I, I, I think that we are going to see Emily Blunt be Sue Storm now. Mm-hmm. It's just who do you pair her up with to be Reed Richards? Mm-hmm. I don't know that. And I'm not even going to sit here and try to do a fan casting for this because my dream fan cast is Reed, uh, Reed Richards, <laughs> John Krasinski. I almost said again, I almost said Sue Storm, uh, Emily Blunt. Dr. Montgomery, and I don't know who I want to be the thing, honestly. That, to me, is the... I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I, I actually like Jimmy Bell's The Thing and uh, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. The movie was just shit. So, uh, and Michael Chiklis, too. I like this thing. He was, mm-hmm. That's more nostalgia. Though. Maybe they just bring back that whole casting crew. from. <laughs> we just have to bring them back in here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm afraid of the Ben is if uh, the thing does say it's clobbering time, Twitter is going to go up in an uproar. I am, oh, like, yeah, you know, it's hat, you know, it's going to go. He said it's clobbering time. That's not it. It was too goofy, it wasn't serious. Hickman <laughs> sucks. What the things you would know? They're getting where, 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 where. Oh, it's funny every time. <laughs> where, where, where? Where, where, where? I want my bottle. I didn't get what I wanted. The motherfuckers <laughs> over at Marvel making it all too goddamn choking. <laughs> goddamn fucking Twitter. God. You probably lost like five listeners just now. So, anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about the bigger one. Secret Wars. We're supposed to be getting a director. Mm-hmm. Announcement would be more, be more clear on that. <laughs> yeah, someone's, someone's gonna make the movie. We're, <laughs> guys, ball, we guys need act. a draft. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? 
It's supposed to be an in-house hire. Mm-hmm. Okay. My fantasy would be Chloe Zhao. I would love it if that was if that was going to happen. And if it's announced, I podcast in a couple weeks. It's over. Done. Y'all cover your ears. I'm gonna be loud as hell. That's gonna be Dakota Johnson casting Madam Web loud. Y'all, y'all don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> they might even take off. Ready. <laughs> Rod, I'm sick. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you got this one. <laughs> can you uh can we reschedule for like next year sometime? Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be Chloe's out though. I think it's gonna be somebody else. I just think if Eternals was re- received better, it would have been her. Mm-hmm. Maybe even for both. Unfortunately, Eternals was very divided. But I still think there's a good chance. I think she's, I still think she's in the running, Ben, but I do think they already have their hire. Something tells me, Ben, and I, I have no insider knowledge. I don't know this. I don't work for Variety Deadline, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if the Russo's walked on stage. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. I, because they already denied it, but the Russo's are the king of liars. You guys have lied so goddamn much. Yeah. I, you talk about loud. I'll be. <laughs> ben might even hear me from from North Carolina. Be like, oh, I think I heard a cry. <laughs> I think I heard a yell. I think. Oh, is that you? <laughs> if the Russo brothers come walk out on that stage and say they're doing Secret Wars, I'm gonna throw my phone in the river. I'm gonna do a happy dance. I'm gonna go around the neighborhood just skipping, hopping. <laughs> I'm gonna wear my Russo brothers shirt for the next week. Yeah, uh-huh. and Ben's gonna be looking for a new co-host. He's gonna be so sick of me. You'll still be running around the neighborhood. I will be. I'll have an episode. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. So you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'll be doing. Oh, I'll also be doing my classic dance. Oh, 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 oh. oh there it is. <laughs> oh, the devil windmill. Yeah. Do you have any idea, Ben, who might direct Secret Wars? Hmm. <laughs> it's us. It's us. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Roosters would be cool. Yeah, like you said, they denied it. Uh, but... Deny everything. Yeah. Are you guys yeah. directing Avengers 4? No. <laughs> what are you guys working on? Avengers? Deny Avengers 4. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Andrew Garfield. I think Andrew Garfield is still denying that he's inspired by No Way Home. I think I heard, I think I heard him say that a couple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. Could we? Well, I don't know. You know, Favreau came to mind, but he's too busy with Star Wars. I don't think he's ever going to leave Star Wars. I, oh, yeah, I was just um, about to say him. Um, uh, I think, had you thrown out Ryan Coogler before? I did. I did throw yeah. out Coogler. Um, he might be. I, I. That's my. Yeah, that's my best bet right now. Ben's gonna be Coogler. Yeah. I just don't know if he wants to do another Marvel film. I feel mm-hmm. like doing Wakanda Forever took a lot out of him. Yeah. A lot out yeah, of I'm sure. Past. Yeah. So I, I just don't know if he wants to do another MC. I feel like, and this is kind of just be me being selfish too. I kind of want him to go back doing smaller films again. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Creed and Fruitvale Station, I kind of wanted to go back. That's 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 peak, right? That's that's the that's just Ryan Coogler's staple right there. But I do. 
John Watts came to mind also because he should be done with the Star Wars show by then. But I don't know if he wants to do that. I'd rather see him just come back and do Spider-Man 4, honestly, if he's going to come back to the MCU. I don't know if I want to see him doing Avengers. Yeah. However, another my, uh, mind came to name. Another name <laughs> came to mind. After dark. What if it is Matt Shakeman? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think it's going to be him. That would be a lot. Yeah, it would be a lot. I just don't. I. 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 It's an name that they're out there, though. Um. Oh, I, I got it. Alan Taylor, uh, who did Thor: The Dark World. You know, his name came to mind when <laughs> I know. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think Kugler, Zhao, Russo's, maybe Daniel, maybe Daniel comes down and says, yeah, I'm doing Avengers Secret Wars also. Yeah, uh, which I'd, I'd be down for. You know. Yeah. Who's the, you, you know, who was the showrunner for, who's who's directing Loki? Uh, the Kate Heron. She did season one. Someone's doing season, someone else is doing season oh, two, though. Okay. I don't know. That would be uh Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead are directing the episode, the majority of the episodes. Okay. Now these guys are unknown. <laughs> Best thing they have done. Oh shit, they did a couple episodes of Moon Knight, actually. Oh <laughs> so they have some. It's okay, so never mind. Although they did Synchronic a couple years ago with another uh that was Sebastian Stan, I believe, and no, Anthony Mackie. Hmm. Uh, yes, they did a lot of art house films. Oh, She Dies Tomorrow. He was the producer on that. Uh, I'm trying to look at the films here. He's in a lot of indie films, which is kind of in line with what Kevin Feige likes to do. But for an Avengers film, I don't know. Right. But I'm just thinking kind of that Loki connection with Secret Wars kind of ties in a little bit together. Um so yeah, mm-hmm. my, my money's on Kugler. I just I don't know if he wants to come out and do it though. Yeah. But we're gonna find out in a week. Yeah. So, it's fascinating to me. I, well, actually, that announcement I don't know. Because it's still three <laughs> years away. <laughs> right. You know, but yeah. it seems in line with what else they have coming out. Now I do want to before I say the last big thing I think it's gonna happen, I do want to say this other thing about a uh, Fantastic Four. They don't have to announce their cast at D23. Because the movie's not for another two years. But mm-hmm. where I don't think they want variety or deadline reporting. I think they want to announce it themselves. And they can't wait till Comic-Con of next year because they're going to have already started filming it. But just don't be butthurt if they don't announce it. Or they don't announce the entire cast. Maybe mm-hmm. they just announce Reed Richards and Sue Storm. Mm-hmm. Now, if Krasinski and Blunt do come out hand-in-hand on stage, Ben, you're going to hear another cry of, oh, my God, I heard Rod. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure. So, yep. But my last big thing. There is a release date in 2024 that has been not scheduled. TB, TBD. Mm-hmm. In terms of what the movie is going to be. I think there is an 85 to 90% chance this is going to happen. And it's going to break the world. <laughs> I will show up. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think we are going to see Ryan Reynolds 
in costume to <laughs> announce Deadpool 3. Yeah. 18th, 2024. And he might bring out Josh Pool on his cable. That would be awesome. I don't think so, <laughs> but I've been I've been hearing that Josh Brolin is going to come back for Deadpool three. <laughs> I mean, there's so many jokes they can do with that, though. <laughs> yep. I, I. That would be cool. It would be awesome to see Ryan Reynolds show up in Deadpool out in a Deadpool outfit and just start dropping f bombs all over the place. <laughs> but there yep. will be kids in attendance, which kind of. Oh well, yeah. You know, it is D23, so they're, they could sidetrack that a little bit. But, I mean, they've been announcing stuff like who's going to be a part of the production crew for a while, dropping tidbits. We know Sean Levy's going to be a part of it. I think we might see, or also we could see um, Zazie Beach show up in a domino outfit, too. That would be pretty awesome. Because mm-hmm. I, I think she's probably the more likely of the kind of returning cast members from Deadpool 2 to show yeah. back up. Yep. Yeah. Her and uh, and Vanessa, but Vanessa showing up on D twenty three wouldn't really be a whole big thing. I love Miranda Bacaran as Vanessa, but that wouldn't be like, yeah. oh hey Vanessa, hey, hey. where's Ryan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you what are you doing there? Go away, shoot. So, but I mean, just Ryan Reynolds showing up. Period. Then at D twenty three, he might drop one f bomb. He might. You're allowed one PG thirteen. Yeah, well, yeah. this is gonna be R. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. In terms of just, yeah, if he does, I think I I think it'd be a missed opportunity if he doesn't show or it doesn't do one f bomb. <laughs> yeah, like like Chase Peck or somebody or Fire cuts him off. Like what the fuck, man? Yeah. So uh, you know something <laughs> like cut that. Cuts Mike. Yeah. When he's, yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah, PG MCU. PG thirteen audience wise, I meant. Yeah. There is one thing I didn't mention also. There's a chance that we could get a, I think, 95% chance we're going to get the entire, not the cast on stage, but I think we're going to get the lineup for Thunderbolts as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's going to be part of the team? Now, they could save that for next year's Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, that would be pretty dope, cool if they just drop that entire cat. Who's going to be the roster at least? Mm hmm. Julie Louise Dreyfus showing up too as Valentina would be pretty sweet. Yes. And her now, yeah, awesome. I like I like that idea. That would be really cool if she showed up on stage. Yep, a lot of great possibilities for D23. And everything we just said is wrong. So <laughs> you know, we didn't do better for our com- I don't think I did too bad for my Comic Con prediction. I just didn't expect them to announce Avengers so early. Yeah, I thought yeah. we were still like another twenty five thousand years away from another Avengers movie, but <laughs> So, guys, now those are our D23 Disney Plus Day predictions. Of course, probably 90% of those are going to be wrong. And we all know Kevin Feige is going to do something at the very end to just kind of break the internet and Twitter. And then everyone's going to bitch about it the next day. So, yeah, Deadpool's cool and all, but it's still going to be on Disney Plus. So, <laughs> yeah. go back to Netflix. That's what you Twitter people sound like. That's what you sound like. <laughs> you guys can't be happy for more than five goddamn minutes. They can't be, Ben. Should they announce Avengers, King Dynasty, and Secret Wars? You know what they said? Hmm. Six months apart. Those are two big events. Why did you... <laughs> It'll make us wait all that time. God damn it. We need some space in between. <laughs>
But anyway. <laughs> anyway. No one's going to be happy whatever comes out of D20. We will be. And we're going to break it all down for you guys. Yeah. When it, ha- when it happens. But we all know what's going to happen 24 hours later on Twitter. <laughs> and we'll be here to cover it all for you guys. So I am about to lose my voice. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and go to an ad break now. Listen to us. Go refill your drinks, your mm-hmm. snacks, your beverage, your, uh, your, your snack of choice, your five course steak. <laughs> five course, five stars. Good. <sighs> After dark. After dark. Five course steak. You know what? Yeah. You know, if you have a five course steak, go ahead and have that five course steak. Good. Good on. Good a lot on. of meat. Yeah. Harbees. We have the meat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not, no, definitely. Not <laughs> no. no. <laughs> sponsor. Good curly fries, man. Welcome to the Affinity Film Podcast. We have the meats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. That All right. Let's end it there. We're out. <laughs> so, thank you for listening once again. Please stay tuned for the 2005 Top 10. That's you. You got to hit the end record button. After right? dark. Thanks. Enjoy the ad. <laughs> And the rest of it. <laughs> it's that time again, ladies and gentlemen. Time to rewind the clock and go back in time. How far back are we going this time? Uh, what, what year is it? 2022? We're going back 17 years, right? Is that right? 17 years? Math checks out. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, to the year 2005, mm-hmm. the year that was very, very solid year, gentlemen, I think. Very good year when you kind of go back down and when I was going through Wikipedia and like get my list ready of all the films that came out that year. Very good year. And we're going to talk about some of those films. And joining Ben and I today is our good buddy Jacob, who has been with us for the past couple of Infinity Rewinds. Jacob, how are we today, sir? Oh, I'm good. And I just say I love doing these. It's they're so much fun, especially with you guys, because we all kind of grew up at the same time. And it's just like we get to revisit and get into some nostalgia of that good 2000s that we grew up watching. And oh, yeah, it's great. I I got my goblet of fire full of Turkish delight and I'm ready. All right. Okay, he's already getting started. All right. So you guys know how we do this. We say all the mentions. We go through our 10 through sixes, our five through twos, and then we say our, save our number ones for the very end. Now, the past couple of years we've gone through, I think we've only had the same number one once, and that was 2004. I think Jacob and I, we both had Napoleon Dynamite as our number one that year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And then 2008, we all had different films. Jacob, what was your number one for 2008? Do you remember? I forgot what yours was. For 2008, it was... Oh my gosh, I forgot. Can you believe it? Must have not been that good of a movie. No, I'm just <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I forgot. Yeah, I remember I had definitely maybe up there. I had, oh, it was Grand Torino. That's I remember right. Clint That's Eastwood. Right. Yep. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you had Grand Torino. I have Forgetting Star Marshall. And of course, Ben had The Dark Knight. So, and then Ben, your 2004 film, number one, what was that? You remember that? which one that one was? Hey, you put me on the spot. Yeah, I am. I'm putting everybody on the spot today. <laughs> Love uh, it. Awesome. I I don't. Shrek Two was up there. <laughs> I 
I don't remember. Well, Ben failed. No, I'm just kidding. It's all good. <laughs> I put Ben on the spot. He wasn't ready. That's okay. You'll get a next time, champ. Yeah. White chicks. White chicks like drink. Ha, I got. I was ready. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when we're here to about 2004, 2008, we're here to talk about the year that it was 2005. And then at the very end of the episode, guys, I will say the year we're going to talk about next, which was very difficult because I was going through all the years and I was like, shoot, we could talk about a lot of, there's a lot of good years, but it came out between two and I going to flip a coin during the episode to make my decision. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Jacob, of course, you are the guest of honor. So. How many honorable mentions do you have, Jake, before you get started with your list? Four. Okay. Our buddy Jacob Ben has four honorable mentions. So, Jacob, let's get the party started. What are your four honorable mentions, good sir? Oh, my gosh. These, I feel bad for leaving off. Uh Uh-oh. First one, I got Madagascar. Um, Madagascar? Yeah, yeah, Madagascar, (laughs) Rod. I love it. It's such a good movie. It's one I grew up with. I remember going to the theater to see it and everybody had every kid loved i like the move it move it song it was like the best thing ever one of the best movie based games ben i almost put on this list because of madagascar it almost made list just because of that Mm -hmm. i'm I'm, i swear it but uh but yeah i had to leave it off it was so hard sky high is my next honorable mention i'm Mm. sorry that was hard to leave off hitch oh no so good and i had to leave it off i felt so bad but their movie's better. I mean, it's really good. It's such a good comedy, you know, doing the, what do you call it? The, what's that thing? The, the, oh, I can't, the dance move they do. It, it cracks me up every time. Oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the, yeah. I can't think of the, the utensil that they use <laughs> for some reason. Um, oh, but anyway, and then my final honor, which is a movie I just watched and it almost made the list, but I think I'm going to have to think about it more before I can put it in my top 10. But it's a great movie, and that is Red Eye so awesome i i watched that because i had heard it was good for like the longest time and i saw it came out in 2005 and like i'm gonna watch that for this episode because i think i'm gonna have to talk about it and i almost did but it's 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 really good it's like classic suspense but in 2005 um uh cillian murphy that's how you say his name or is it killian i always get killian cillian he's not here so okay okay. He won't get mad at me. He won't go scarecrow on me, hopefully. But <laughs> no, he anyway, won't. he's great in that movie. And then, um, oh, Batman Begins, speaking of him. That that would also be a my honorable mention. But those are my, my list. You can say you're 10 through 6 now, buddy. Oh, I can? Okay, sorry, Rod. <laughs> I, I, I forgot we, we went right into that. Yep, yep, go ahead. Number 10, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Jeez, Gromit. Oh, I, I thought that was coming. I had an idea. My next one might get it too. By the way, sorry, (laughs) cheese grommet. We forget this every time. Is the uh, when we someone else has it, the same film higher on their list, just to be sure. If this is someone's first time, okay. Now we're just not even gonna remind people. We're just gonna say it. (laughs) Just gonna yell, (laughs) yell quotes. It sounds really funny out of context. He's like, "That wasn't in that movie, Rob. What are you talking about?" (laughs) (laughs) I remember it fondly. Yeah. But All number right, nine, nine. I, I think this is going to get me. Speaking of that, I waltz and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Jeez, Gromit. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> number eight, Zathura. Nobody? Okay. Uh, Zathura, 
I rewatched that for this as well. And uh, it's one of those movies I saw as a kid and loved. If you've never seen it, it's basically the same concept as Jumanji. In fact, we were talking before this episode, they might be in the same universe. I can't confirm or deny it, but the author of the original Zathura and Jumanji children's book is the same author. And the Polar Express might be in there too. It's a long story. But anyway, it's this great movie. Instead of, uh, they play the board game just like they do in Jumanji, but instead they go to space and all this crazy space stuff happens. There's robots, there's a meteor shower. There's these reptilian aliens that are like really creepy and really cool. And I think my favorite thing about this movie is that it has that spirit and charm of like an 80s like movie that's kind of made for families you know something like the Goonies or similar in that tone but it was made in the mid-2000s so it's got that stuff from when we were growing up too and it's like this perfect blend of it and it, it's just such a good movie Josh Hudsonson is in it um, he's really young in it Tim Robbins is in it um, and he's the dad he, he's, he's such a good actor uh, we might talk about him a little more too I don't know depending on what's on everybody's list but um uh, and then another person in it is um, the girl from Twilight. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, Kirsten Stewart. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to say Bell, but I was like, no. That's that's speaking of Bell. Dak Shepard's wife. Dak Shepard is also in this movie, and he's great. He's kind of like the Robin Williams character a little bit. He's the astronaut that gets unleashed into out of this game, and it's it's just a lot of fun. I I want to play Zathura. I think I want to play it a little bit more than Jumanji um uh, it, it's it's so good and i gotta ask you guys i want to know if you had to play jumanji or zathura which would you rather play depends on which jumanji game because there's technically two types of jumanji games there's that old board game and there's that you know video game yeah uh i'd probably go with jumanji because i don't feel like dealing with black holes yeah. I don't, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not dealing with that. So They're I'll go. I'll take my chances with Jumanji because I can. I can hang out with Kevin. Kevin Hart in The Rock for a couple. Yeah, of days. you might end up being The Rock, Rod. I mean, that's the beauty of it. You know, uh, that that would be fantastic. That's also a, that's a, that's also a um, mighty tall task. Yeah, to. that's uh, that's The Rock right there. <laughs> but yeah, I choose Jumanji. Nice. What about you, Ben? Uh, I like space movies, but yeah, I'd rather play the board game of Jumanji. Plus, the there's the chance that Robin Williams could pop out in a uh, clothes made out of leaves, which is pretty cool. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'd have so much I'd want to ask him. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just, that, that was my number eight. So I think that's it for now, right? Ten through six. Ten through six. Oh, ten through six. Oh my gosh, I keep messing up, guys. I'm sorry. Strike two. Strike two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> Only I could give people strikes. You, calm calm no. down there. Sorry. Calm down there. <laughs> but, but number seven, I might get cheese grommeted for this too. I don't know. Um, it could go either way. Star Wars episode three, Revenge of the Sith. No? Okay. I didn't know because that movie, it depends on what crowd you're talking to. But, you know, this movie, I almost had it lower. But nostalgia kind of got the best of me, so I got a little higher. And it's just, it's definitely the best of the trilogy. I mean, the prequel trilogy. And it's just, everything elevates into this movie so well. You know, I, I honestly think sometimes it's so good, you could maybe not even have the first two. But hey, we won't go into that. But I, I enjoy episode three a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. 
And that duel at the end, oh, it's so good. Even all these years later, it's awesome having the high ground and stuff. I mean, that was almost our word for this episode. It's so iconic. We almost did that. But uh, it's great. It leads into, the, of course, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show pretty well. Now we got that kind of coming all full circle, which is neat. But yeah, I, I like Star Wars Episode Three. It's it's really good. Um, uh, definitely my favorite of the prequels. And yeah, I'll, I'll keep rewatching it till the end of time. I know I will. And I think also out of the trilogy, it's probably my favorite performances of the actors too, um, by far. Yeah, they all do. They, I think they're all a lot better in this movie. And I think the writing's better. And yeah, just everything comes together really good. I think in in the third one. And then. Number six, I, I might get it for this one. Wedding Crashers. No, so I actually have it at number six. Oh, whoa, yeah. I have it at seven. <laughs> oh, so can, can we talk about it or is it yeah. too early? Let's yeah. go ahead and talk about it. You're going to okay. talk about it. Wedding Crashers, it's an all time classic comedy. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are such a great duo, they lead this movie, and you know, it's just it's funny, it's hilarious. I, I love it so much, and it's got heart to it at the end. You know, um, they both kind of find love after living these crazy lives. But also, there's a lot of people this movie I got introduced to for the first time, like Bradley Cooper. I think this is one of his early movies, you know. Uh, also, you get um, Rachel McAdams. I think we talked about that on the Rachel McAdams episode, actually, how good she was in this. And then Isla Fisher is really great in it, too. So you it's get hilarious. This, yeah, she is. And she nails that part. And that was my introduction to her, I know for sure. And that was like, whoa, she, this girl's amazing. You know, so yeah, I, I love Wedding Crashers. Will Ferrell has a great part in it too. Mom, so the meatloaf. Oh, so good. Uh, I, I adore it. You know, I don't know what I could say that hasn't been said, but it's definitely an all-time comedy great from that era of the 2000s. I think we got a lot of great comedies in. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. That's why I have a number six too, Jacob. It's... And you said the 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 key word there has a lot of heart to it, especially towards the end. I mean, the relationship between Wilson and and Mick Adams is done really well here. They have such great chemistry. Uh, Ella Fisher was definitely probably the scene stealer for me. She was her and Cooper probably the, the two scene stealers. They were both absolutely hilarious. Uh, like you said, Jacob Will Ferrell has a great nice little part in the movie. He's great. Vince Vaughn is doing his Vince Vaughn isms, but I mean, for here for a 2005 movie, we didn't really care uh, back then, and he was great. Him and uh, Vince Vaughn have really great chemistry. I always forget the name of the kid who plays the younger brother, who's kind of got some issues. I always, but he's he's got some really good moments there too. I, I love I love his character, and then of course Christopher Walken. I mean, like, the man's just uh, he's so I just he's great in everything he, he's in and. He doesn't really have a lot to do in this movie, but I mean, he's just kind of playing the dad figure, but he's still great. And he's, he's, he's really good in the film. And I just, I love that opening montage with the shout and everything. It's oh, that opening montage is great. So that's so good. So good. So it does sets up the movie really well. So yeah, Wedding Crashers, it's, it's hilarious, Jacob. It's one of the great comedies out there. I, I love it. I love the film. I had it at number seven on my list. Uh, I was kind of late to the party watching it. And I think I'd been built up a lot. Uh, I know I talked about this on the McAdams episode, uh, but that that first watch, I was like, yeah, it was, it was funny, it was okay. But yeah, when, when I rewatched it, I really got into the characters and the story, and it there's some some good subtle acting too. You brought up Walken, um, like you said, he doesn't have a whole lot, but his um, <laughs> just the way he 
uh, has a dialogue with the other characters and stuff. I, I think it's really funny. So everyone's really good in it. Um, it is it is a good comedy film. Okay, so yeah, Jacob. Overall, I really liked your list. I was expecting Sky High to be on there, honestly, Jacob. Because I know you like that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised it was that was left off your list. It it was tough, Rod. I have to admit, uh, there were a few that I had to leave off that that even some I didn't even mention that I like. Oh, I really like that movie, you know. But it just shows how good 2005 was. Yeah, no, 2005 was like I said in the beginning. It's a really, really strong year, and then. You know, we talked about episode three last week for our Star Wars episode, so I'm not going to really get into it a whole lot. But, I mean, it's like you said, buddy, it's the best of the prequel trilogy, and everyone does a good job acting-wise. Uh, so, yeah, great, great list overall. To start, yeah, 10 through 6, I like, I like it a lot. Ben? Yep. Okay, all right. So, it is now your turn, Benjamin, to okay. your list. Uh, yeah, this list was really hard to do. Uh, I'm still struggling. I'm still changing. Uh at the top even but a mix of what i think is good you know well-made films and nostalgia um as always and of course not on the list is uh 2004's spider-man 2 which is the best film of the year which i just remembered is what it was uh before so okay uh honorable mentions just missing the list is v for vendetta which i i do like a lot hugo weaving behind the mask and uh natalie portman gives a great performance uh it's a very british film but it's a it's 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 good i like it so funny enough before you move on yes that movie didn't really come out in 2005 came out in 2006 not again okay yeah it came out in the u.s in 2006 i think it made a festival appearance or something like that in the late part of 2005 if i'm not mistaken but yeah it made it made its why release in the states in 2006 so you have a chance to put on a 2006 list ben. okay well i just wanted to mention that one anyway but here is my honorable mentions <laughs> good save for 2005 uh just missing the list is war of the worlds um, which i enjoy a lot tom cruise there's some really cool cinematography here and the design of the alien you know ships and everything but uh, i one of the first things that comes up in my mind when i think about it is that ending that it's kind of disappointing <laughs> to me. Uh, I know it's isn't it based off the, a source material. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I just I know I I wasn't the biggest fan of the ending either. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's based off a book. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I don't know how I'd feel reading that too. <laughs> Might be a little disappointing, but maybe more so because we get to see all the action and everything built up to that point. But. Anyway, uh, but it, it is good performance. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, let's also go with uh, Lord of War. Is a good Nicolas Cage performance. Um, not it's not super memorable. I've only seen it the one time, but it's it's pretty cool behind the scenes of uh, you know weapon gun smuggling and stuff. And it it goes through and like explains some of the stuff that they do. It, pretty well which isn't good stuff but uh i don't know it's interesting uh and then i'll throw out match point as well which comes from a director we won't talk about but i think the performances are really good uh scarlett johansson of course and that other irish guy um but <laughs> jonathan reese myers that's the name 
Uh, but you got Matthew Good and Emily Mortimer as well. Brian Cox. The uh, the the story is really interesting. I like a lot, and it really surprised me the first time. And it's one that I've gone back to rewatch a couple times as well. So quite enjoy that one. And yeah, all right, let's dive into it. Number ten, I have a history of violence. Oh, uh, cheese grommet. Okay, cool, cool. Um, all right, number nine, I have Walk the Line. Cheese grommet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, we took some years as well. Uh, eight, this is where I have uh, Revenge of the Sith, which Jacob talked about. And we, I think you had it at seven, so you had it higher than me. Um, well, you we talked about last week too. Um, and it's partially just the rewatchability of that one. But yeah, like you said, that ending is so epic that it, um, Puts it up on my list more than I thought it would. So the number seven, Wedding Crashers, which we just talked about. And then number six, part of this would be nostalgia as well. Jacob, I fell for it. Uh, number six is where I have Madagascar. <laughs> um, it's the game, Ben. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. That mini golf game. It <laughs> got know. you. Par for the course. Um, oh, it's so fun. But I yeah, I do. I do enjoy this this first movie, the best of that franchise. And uh, it's funny too. Like I didn't grow up watching Friends, but when I hear David Schwimmer's voice, I still kind of picture Melman, uh, <laughs> the the hypochondriac giraffe. He was and, perfect for that giraffe yeah. really. When you think about it, it's mm-hmm. funny. He plays, yeah, he plays a similar character kind of um, in, in live action roles. So yeah, it is funny. He does that, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those two that I went back and rewatched you know years after childhood i guess and it it still held up pretty well which i think always adds uh to the enjoyment because sometimes you do that and you're just like why why did i watch this or or rent this from blockbuster 30 times so yeah and it's you know pretty good pretty good story the music too uh hans zimmer does the score and then um i like to move it move it like you said jacob <laughs> there's some there's some good dance songs in here such so. a great song and yeah well some of the jokes in it are kind of like shrek they're sort of inappropriate like yep. i remember <laughs> they say that part of the beginning when they're like the penguins are psychotic i remember <laughs> i used to go around saying that and i didn't know what it meant it was really mean kind of like but it was i used to just think the way uh, alex said it was so funny you know yeah <laughs> um yeah, references plus to uh, Planet of the Apes, when uh, the darn you all to heck <laughs> uh, yeah. call out, and the help, and the P falls down that says hell. Uh, yeah, it's good. The smile and wave, that one I quote a lot. So, yeah, num- number six is Madagascar. Rod. All right. So, I have, and there are my honorable mentions down to about six. So, uh, Four Brothers, the first honorable mention with Mark Wahlberg, Tyrese Gibson. Uh, great little film. Um, not, you know, best in terms of structure or anything, but just kind of one of those films I actually watched when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. It was one of the films I watched when I was just kind of laying around watching TV for, for a while. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Four Brothers, The Island. Michael Bay's The Island. Cheaper by a Dozen 2. That's just more nostalgia, kind of childhood for me. I love the, I love that sequel. Batman Begins, Red Eye, and 
a film I really wanted to put on my list because I love this movie so much, but I just couldn't. Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I absolutely love that movie so much. And uh, <sighs> such great chemistry. But it gets a little too ridiculous in parts near the end. And I was like, okay, we've reached the point of unbelievability. We've reached Fast and Furious territory here now. So, but yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith still, I have to have to mention that great album mention for me. And then also Sin City, Sin City too. Wanted to throw that out there as well. Sin City is a great little, maybe one of the Bruce Willis's five best movies, actually. Really good film. But coming in at number 10, we're going to be talking about this actress in a couple of months. And so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this one. But this is where I have Charlie Throne's North Country, a based off a true story, very heavy film, very heavy drama about uh she leaves her husband takes her takes her kids move back moves back in with her parents starts working in the coal mines and sexual uh allegations um come about from this work in the coal mines i'm kind of i want to be vague about this movie in case people haven't seen it because it's based off a true story i believe it takes place in 1988 1989 um and she, Charlize Theron's character, she sues the coal mining or the mining company she works with uh, because of the uh, sexual uh, harassment. And it's got a great all-star cast, including Charlize Theron, Francis McDormand, Sean Bean, if I'm not mistaken, Michelle Monaghan, uh, Jeremy Renner, Richard Jenkins. I mean, the cast is for this movie. Corey Stoll's in this movie. The cast is stacked. It's fantastic. Everyone's giving great performances. Woody Harrelson uh, plays Charlize Theron's lawyer. If you guys haven't seen North Country, it is one of those films. It's very heavy. I can't recommend watching it on a if you're in a good mood, but if you're in a mood for a really good, heavy, true story, watch this because it's all about you know standing up for you know your rights and kind of really women's rights and equality as well for these women too. So yeah, number 10 is North Country. Highly, 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 highly recommend watching that. Number nine is where I have Will Smith's hitch. Love this movie. Ever since uh, I saw this, this was one of the first Will Smith movies I actually watched. It wasn't the very first, but it was one of the first Will Smith movies I watched. And kind of almost, and it's rom-com. And I love rom-coms. And Smith and James have such great chemistry. They are so good together. The back and forth is hilarious. Eva Mendes, this is probably still my favorite Eva Mendes movie. You know, better place beyond the pines. She's really great here. And I always forget the girl who plays uh, Kevin Hart, Kevin, Kevin Hart, Kevin James' love interest in the film, but she's great here too. But it's just, this movie just has this charm and charisma, charismatic approach about it that I just love. And Will Smith really does a great job carrying this film. A lot of great laugh out loud moments. And, you know, I get the little cheesy, corny at parts, but it's that, it's the chemistry between all the cast, the laugh out loud moments. And, Oh, I'm forgetting the person's name already. But yeah, it's just Will Smith's approach to, to this film. I, I loved a lot, and he gives a really good performance. So yeah, number nine is Hitch for me. Number eight is the first of three sports films you guys will be hearing on my list. The first one is Adam Sandler's The Longest Yard. Absolutely love this movie. One of my all-time favorite sports films. And you talk about all-star cast. This cast is loaded with just, not just, you know, great actors, but celebrities, famous wrestlers, Michael Irvin makes an appearance in this movie. I mean, this this cast is stacked and actually kind of carried by Sandler and Chris Rock. Chris Rock is a gem in this movie. He is so good when he pops up on screen. And 
if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to say what happens to his character, but something happens to his character. I was like, really? You guys did that to this character? Come on now. But I, I don't know. Just I, I just love I love sports movies. And this movie did a con the one type of a comedy is to just make you laugh throughout. And this movie does that. I mean, I, I there's a couple moments in here where I just wanted to just fall out my seat. It's just it's hysterical. I love it. I wish I was able to see this in the theater. Um, but yeah, it's got a 31% of Rotten Tomatoes. And you know, this is one of those Sandler and the gang type films, but it were it works here. Tracy Morgan, too, is just it's an out there character. He's doing something really, really weird, but it, it works. It works for this film. Uh, so yeah, longest yard comes in at number eight. Number seven is my second sports film on the list. And that is coach Carter with Samuel L. Jackson. Great basketball story. Another film I watched actually for the first time when I had my wisdom teeth surgery all those years ago, this was on, if it was either BET or FX, but I, it was on, and I was like, Oh, Samuel L. Jackson as a sport as a basketball coach. Let's see how many times he says motherfucker in this. And he doesn't say it a lot, actually. I don't think he's I don't think he says it at all because it's PT 13, first of all. But it's one of those uplifting sports movies about, you know, this based on a true story about, you know, this guy, Coach Carter, shaping up these men, not gonna just be good, good basketball players, but just being good men and uh, being good students so they can go to college and have a life outside of basketball too. And it's really uplifting. It's really moving. Really good. A, a lot of great emotional scenes. Uh, really great cast. My introduction to Channing Tatum was in this movie. He, he's in this film and he's great and in it. Um, actually, there's another guy in here. I always forget his name, but he was in One Tree Hill as well. I always forget. I always forget the guy's name, but he shows up in this movie too. And uh, one other person, I think his name's Rob Brown. He shows up in this as well. And he's in another one of my favorite sports movies called The Express. And he's really great in here too the basketball stuff is great we all know the sport how biopics especially sports biopics go they can be for, very formulaic but it's that it's samuel jackson's performance and just the story behind it what he's trying to do uh with these guys and shaping them up to be you know really great men not just great basketball players that really carries this film so yeah number seven is coach carter and number six we already talked about so i'm not gonna really spend much time on it anymore is uh, wedding crashers all-time favorite comedy hilarious love it um so yeah that is my 10 through 6 okay jacob we're gonna throw it back over to you my friend and, and it's five through what again i just five through sure. two five through two got it okay number five i got the chronicles of narnia the lion the witch and the wardrobe oh yeah i love this movie i think it's sad that this series you could tell they wanted to do a bunch with it, and unfortunately, they weren't able to. And there were three movies, and it, as they go on, you can tell they kind of dwindle them down, and they're like, oh, we had a plan at the beginning, but we didn't stick to it. But for what this movie is, even as a contained first film, it's still really, really good. And it, it's got a lot of great fantasy elements in it. It's fun. I love Liam Neeson as Aslan the Lion. I think he does such a good job. The kids are all really well cast. In fact, a while back, they had like a mini reunion on that, um, the, the prop show on Disney Plus, uh, Prop Culture. And it was really cool. I, it made me so happy to see them together um, again. But it's just, it, it's this really wonderful story that's got all this, uh, some good morals in it. And on top of that, it's really charming. It's fun and emotional at the same time. And yeah, I, I love the, the, this first Chronicles of Narnia movie. It makes me wish there were more. Hopefully, 
one of these days they reboot it and they reboot it right and they they're able to make all seven books into a movie series somehow um that's that's my hope but yeah i love it um it also uh i i found out what turkish delight was and then when zemo recommended it in the falcon and the winter soldier i tried it and it was pretty good I don't know if it was Betray Your Family good like it is in this movie, but it was still really good. Zemo definitely talked it up really well. Um, but yeah, I, I like this movie. Number four, I got, this is kind of a deep cut. I got An Unfinished Life with Robert Redford, Morgan Freeman, Jennifer Lopez, and Josh Lucas. Um, and this is a, a really nice drama that I saw when I was really young. And it's probably one of the first dramas I saw that dealt with some heavier stuff. And I, I've loved it ever since then. Also, it was kind of my introduction to actors like Robert Redford and Morgan Freeman. I hadn't seen them in a ton until then, or at least I didn't know who they were. And this movie is like, oh, I, I know who they are now. And it, 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 it isn't a movie that gets talked about a lot, unfortunately, but I've always loved the emotion in it. There's a bear in it, too, which is cool. You know, if you can stick a bear in a movie. It's always a good thing, I think, like Brother Bear. But uh, yeah, I, I loved an Unfinished Life. I still love it to this day. I, w I think Josh Lucas is a really underrated actor, too. I think about everything I've seen him in, I really like him in. And this is one of his best performances, I think. And number three, oh, I might get it here. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Jeez, Grummet. I knew I knew it was going to come from Rod. All right. And then number two, Walk the Line. Yeah, is that okay? Okay. I... um. I love music biopics. I'm kind of a sucker for them. But to me, this is like one of the grand Mac daddies of them all, you know, when it comes to music biopics, it's great. In fact, I think you still see movies today that are biopics trying to replicate what this one did. Mm -hmm. Like even in Elvis, it felt like even though that movie's got a lot of style on it, I still got some walk the line vibes in it, you know, because this movie, it shows what Johnny Cash struggled with. And it shows uh, the the beautiful parts of his life and his career, and but also this really hard part too. And you know, I just it's so good. Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic in it. I know everybody always talks about Joker, and he's amazing in Joker. But man, oh man, was he good as Johnny Cash? Even the singing and stuff. Oh, and Reese Witherspoon as June Carter. She's amazing, and I I love this movie so much. Um, I'm a you know country music. It's part of my job, and this is definitely like one of the best music biopics and country music biopics ever. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I, I like La Bamba a lot too. That's another music biopic that I put up there, but this is the one that I think is my favorite and will probably always be my favorite. It did everything right. And I think it set this pattern and this precedent that biopics are still going to follow and they're going to continue to follow, you know, throughout movie history. I had that one at number nine uh, and you, you covered all the the good parts uh well yeah about joaquin i feel like it kind of like you said everyone talks about joker um and some other like more recent stuff but he he is excellent in this movie um hope it doesn't get forgotten at all um it's funny to <laughs> think about the walk hard um that's Dewey a great Cox. movie too <laughs> it, it is uh it's a it's a parody of several you know music biopics uh biopics but it, it kind of i feel like was influenced a lot by walk the line uh but it <laughs> yeah it, it makes fun of it really well music uh biopics in general but um anyway but the walk the line is is excellent 
Uh, so, yes. Okay, all right, we'll go to mine. Uh, five through two. So five, I really wanted to rewatch this one, didn't get a chance to, but I'm pretty sure it's high up here, is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. She's Grummet. Okay, all right. Uh, I know this will get taken away too. The number four is where I have Peter Jackson's King Kong. She's Grummet. Mm-hmm. Three is where I had Goblet of Fire. She's Grummet. Wow, okay. Two is where I have Batman Begins. So this one, a little nostalgia too, I guess, but the, the rewatchability because of Chris Nolan's trilogy. The whole thing's awesome. Uh, like I said before, I think this is better. It's a better movie than The Dark Knight Rises, even though I might choose to watch Rises more often than this one. But uh, it is it is a really good movie. Um, and then putting in with you know Christian Bale's first foray into Batman and uh, Killian Murphy as Scarecrow is really, really creepy. Liam Neeson coming in, Razal Ghoul. I thought the little little twist with him was was neat, and really anytime I see training, <laughs> you know, hard training on ice or, or in a snowy country, I, I immediately think of this movie and then compare it <laughs> to this. So it's it is the beginning of the franchise, and I, I like you know Dark Knight a lot more. Um, every time I watch this one, I am really impressed with it, and. Oh, the other scene too, where uh, at the the shipping container yard, and we kind of get the first full, I think, glance of of Batman, and he's taking out those um, those mobsters one by one. That's all done really well. So, yeah, not the not the best in the franchise, but it is it is really rewatchable, really good. Uh, so that's my number two. Okay, all right. So my number five is. Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe. Love this movie. One of, I kind of have like its own category for best boxing movies. It's Creed. You have Cinderella Man. And I'm for all, I'm drawing a blank on the other one. And it's really pissing me off right now. But I kind of have like its own separate category for boxing movies. It's not Rocky. It's not the first Rocky. Uh, I think Creed's actually the, the better boxing movie. That's right. I said it. But in terms of Cinderella Man, Oh, thank you. Uh, Raging Bull. Thank you, Brain. Um, in terms of Cinderella Man, this is very uplifting. And Russell Crowe had already worked with Ron Howard before on A Beautiful Mind. And that was, you know, wonderful. But I, this, to me, is the better of the two collaborations. Just because me being a sports buff and and I uh, appreciate loving boxing movies, this here is just the creme de la creme of, of Russell Crowe's career in my opinion it's, it's probably my second favorite performance outside of gladiator honestly he is outstanding here and speaking of performances renee zellweger as well probably gives the best performance of her career not judy but cinderella man playing the concerned uh wife but they they give her more to do here and i, I really like some she has a really great outburst kind of in the latter half in the film it really makes you feel for kind of the dread and terror of what uh, Russell Crowe's character is about to go through here but it's just uplifting because it takes place it's a period piece also set in the, during the Great Depression and you know he once was a great boxer and you know, you know times got tough he kind of injured his hand and whatnot uh, the character Jim or Jimmy as, like, as they call him here 
played by Russell Crowe. And uh, Paul Giamatti plays um, his Mandarin. He is just on another level here. Paul Giamatti is really great here. I think he earned him an Academy Award nomination, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know if he won it or not, but he was well-deserved. And, you know, he gets a second chance, and he kind of becomes a symbol of hope for the uh, less fortunate in terms of, uh, you know, just boxing icons. He just really became a, a symbol. That's, that's how they term Cinderella man came to be and uh yeah the boxing scenes are all great especially the last fight he has the uh for the belt for the title belt and it's brutal it's intense it's probably my favorite boxing scene outside of the one take boxing match that they do in the first Creed movie which I just to me still blows me away but yeah Cinderella man for me comes in at number five Number four is where I have Steve Carell and the 40-year-old virgin. Love this movie. Probably Judd Apatow's best made film, in my opinion. And it's funny because I think this is actually his directorial debut. I believe this is easily his best made. It's not my favorite Judd Apatow film. It's probably my second or third. But what he did with the 40-year-old virgin, and because this is also Steve Carell's first role as a leading man they film now he, the office came out before this i believe but just in terms of a film this is his first stint as a leading man he was fantastic here a lot of great moments but of course you have the the typical apatow crew you had seth rogan in here paul rudd who was hilarious uh jane lynch is also in this film she's out she's hilarious and then i'm forgetting the woman who plays steve carell's love and Catherine keener plays uh, his love interest in the film and she's great she's kind of just more than the I, I like how she's fleshed out and developed and she kind of has her own issues going on here and my introduction to Kat Dennings was in this film as well she plays Captain Keener's daughter in the film and she there's a really funny scene with her and Steve Carell when they go to like this uh they go to the doctor's office I believe it's like a sex talk or whatever for for like kids or whatever and that, that scene was really funny but Kind of like Wedding Crashers, this film has a lot of great heart to it, a lot of, lot, a lot of heart to it, and it, I love the closing credits. It's just, it's really out there in terms of all them kind of like dancing. I forgot the song they were dancing to. Oh man, I wish I, I wish I knew. But it's, it's, it's a crazy kind of closing credit sequence. But yeah, a lot of great laughs throughout. A lot of great celebrity cameos like Jonah Hill, Kevin Hart makes an appearance as well. Leslie Mann and Elizabeth Banks are just, especially Elizabeth Banks, she is crazy. She's really going for going for it all here, and it's wild, her character, as is Leslie Mann. But yeah, 40-Year-Old Virgin comes in by number four, one of the funniest movies out there, probably a top five comedy of all time for me. The number song, three. sorry, song yeah, yeah. real quick is Aquarius, uh, Let the Sunshine In. Yes, so, that's so funny. Dimension. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's just song. random but it, if for some reason it fits with the overall movie it, it really works here number three is where i have shane black's kiss kiss bang bang love this movie so freaking good i don't know where to start with this because there's a lot of ways you can really dissect this film really want to talk about the satire the performances i'll have been talk about the satire but i'll talk about the performances robert Downey jr is outstanding here loved him but val kimmer God, what a performance. Love this man, and he's so freaking good here. This is probably my favorite Val Kimmer performance, honestly. But Michelle Monaghan does not get enough love for this movie. 
because Shane Black does not give her the usual damsel in distress. She kind of has her own shit she's dealing with. And I loved her backstory and kind of how it ties into Robert Downey Jr.'s backstory. And her place in the plot is really great and kind of a tragic ending for her character a little bit where they leave her. But RDJ as a narrator too, kind of like not as unreliable of a narrator, like say an Arthur Fleck in Joker, but you know, he kind of has to like go back and rewind like, oh, I forgot that part. Oh, maybe you should mention this. Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the uh the robot here in um in her apartment. So yeah, Robert Dungeon as a narrator here was so good. And it's funny too, because he's also the narrator in another Shane Black movie, Iron Man 3. So I like how kind of those two that that those parallels there, but really uh, the pacing of this film too is perfect this movie continues to flow at a really great pace you know whether it's his narration or some slow parts you know just characters interacting those are all great real of the chemistry between downey and uh kilmer they're outstanding especially the, the last like five seconds of that movie when they're kind of talking to the audience i love that jacob you know we always kind of you know say we want our nice guy sequel this is kind of like this is kind of you know we kind of got a prequel here at least with with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang at least. Well, actually, it could be a sequel, Rob. Right, because Kiss Kiss or because Nice yeah. Guys takes place in the seventies. You're they right. They might so, yeah. be in the same universe, like like Jumanji and Zathura. Nobody's unconfirming it. So <laughs> you are very well. Don't they both? Yeah, they both take place in L.A. Yeah, see, so, hey, it, they, it could happen. It could happen. But, yeah, well. Also, before I let you go, Ben, like the one thing I he does a great job to blending in comedy and some darker moments when our characters are in peril. I think he does an excellent job of of that because uh, Downey gets himself in some pretty serious situations. One involving when he gets kind of not kidnapped, but he accidentally gets into this girl's home and there's a situation with the girl and one of the guys. And he does a good job of blending in kind of the the humor of it with the, the darkness of it and the more serious aspects of it, too. So, yeah. I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. One of my favorite Downey performances, and probably this is yeah, this is probably my second favorite Shane Black film. So really, really good. Yes, it is really good. I have it at number five. Um, that's the right. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah. The yeah, like you were saying, the the comedy is <laughs> really good, and yeah, mixes with the the dark elements. But it is a really good mystery too. Um, I really enjoyed the ride that it went on. And got to shout out Michelle Monaghan as well. Uh, you said not the damsel in distress, and it—I felt like it kind of—it might have started that way, and then it flips it, <laughs> uh, which was which is really you know good to see. Um, and then I I had to read that my favorite line was the yeah look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? And he's like yeah picture of me, and he's no 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 the definition of the word idiot which you are, uh, which I. It's just writing like that, I think, is really clever and funny. Um, takes it in a different route than you think it would go. So, um, yeah, it is It is a great movie. That, this was one I wanted to rewatch before, like I said. Um, but I, I highly recommend this to anyone who has not seen it. Another Shane Black movie where we technically get a sequel because they left it open for many more adventures of Val Kilmer and RDJ. I think we might. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that Shane Black one day will will, will greenlight a sequel, or will he can't greenlight it, but will, uh, <laughs> yeah, get a sequel made. And then number two is where I have my favorite Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, uh, a film that's in my top probably 30, 35 of all time. I uh, 
adore this movie so much. I still remember being with my dad and my uh, two older cousins because this film came out when I was still living in Chicago. And Marcus Theaters, of all theaters I was going to, uh, had like almost every screen playing Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And they have this thing. They have their little knockoff of IMAX called the giant screen. And yeah, I know it, it's it's that's it's not really, a very appealing name, right? No, it's <laughs> not, but that's what it was called. It was called the giant, the giant screen, of all screen. but I mean, it really was a giant ass screen. It was trying to be, you know, the their their ripoff of IMAX. But you know what? Look, I saw some movies there, and we were trying to get tickets to see it there on the giant screen, but we didn't. It was sold out, so we got tickets for like an it was like an eight or nine o'clock showing, and just the atmosphere in the, that theater was just electric, a great theater experience. But the movie itself, I mean, it's this to me is where Harry Potter started real where I started really loving Harry Potter. Uh, because our kids are no longer kids. Uh, they start going through some teenage stuff. Uh, I love the kind of tension between Ron and Harry throughout that first act of the film, how Ron's kind of envious of Harry for being in the tournament. The sort of the, the start of the blossoming romance of Ron and Hermione. It's it's been teased in other films, but I feel like it really gets picked up here with this film. Of uh, the Yule Ball is a fantastic sequel. I thought that'd be like one of my least favorite things about this movie, but I love the Yule Ball scene. Excellent. And the Triwars of Tournament itself, so freaking good. And just each task, um, I like how they kind of heighten the stakes from each, from one task to the next. You know, where you got Harry go, fending off a dragon trying to get the golden egg or, this, or the underwater sequence, which was probably my favorite sequence, actually, the underwater sequence. And then the maze sequence leads into the, of course, spoiler alert, death of Cedric Diggory and the return of Lord Voldemort. They did such a great, I, I always forget the director's name. Uh, I think it's David something. This Director. one was Mike Newell. Mike Newell, thank you. Yeah, David, uh, David Yates did the later ones. Thank you. Yeah, so Mike Newell did this one, and he did such a great job of kind of staging the return of Lord Voldemort and really saying, like, you are frightened, you are terrified of this guy or he who shall not be named. But, yeah, just Daniel Radcliffe in this movie is fantastic. Robert Pattinson is so freaking good here at Cedric Diggory. You really want to root for this guy. And then, of course, the death scene and the... So you know, Daniel Radcliffe kind of gets mocked for this, to kind of the overcrying when he when he gets back from the tournament, and they get back, or he gets back from the uh, Voldemort's little place, and they get they get transported back to Hogwarts. And you know, I've I've seen some comments of like here, you know, Daniel Radcliffe maybe did a little too much over acting with the whole crying of breaking down of Cedric Diggory's death, but I thought that was perfect. I thought that was great uh, acting by Daniel Radcliffe because that's the response I feel like a lot of us would have. We saw you know, a peer or a colleague or whatever die right in front of us, especially with the ad, that added on tension of Voldemort is back. I mean, Harry went through hell in this movie, uh, being a part of a tournament he didn't want to be a part of to the return of Voldemort. And of course his love life, they kind of teased a lot of the, or they kind of delved into Harry's love life a little bit with, with, with Cho. And uh, I felt so bad for my man getting, getting turned down because freaking Twilight boy got in the way. But uh, yeah, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, one of my all-time favorite movies. And the score, my, my favorite Harry Potter score, actually, too. I love the score done here by Patrick Doyle. Uh, fantastic. Oh, and also the uh, Quidditch match in the beginning of the film, too, was exciting. And I just love when Crumb comes out and did the dun, 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 dun. Crumb, 
I just I love all that stuff. It's so good. So yeah, I, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I could talk about it all day. So good. That was my number three, and you uh, you explained it very well. I have, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> so <laughs> good job. <laughs> oh, that is my three too, Rod. You summed it up perfectly. I think it's my favorite Harry Potter movie as well, just because it yep. it blends everything you love about Harry Potter so well in the one movie. It ups the ante. This is when things start to get really big, I think, yep. moving into the other things. Like you said, it's got the World Cup at the beginning. It's got the whole Goblet of Fire stuff, you know, in the middle. And I love that because it's something different. You don't really see it coming when mm-hmm. watching the first three and you get to that. It's like, whoa, there's more layers to this, you know. And, yeah, uh, it's it's so good. Yeah, there's drama between the the three main characters. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, great movie. And I forgot, I read this YouTube comment like a couple of years ago and it's, it stuck with me. It's like the film where nobody got haircuts because everyone's hair is just so freaking long. Uh, it's true. <laughs> we all had a phase like that when we were kids, though, I think, where we grew our hair. Well, out I don't have a lot of hair, Jacob. So, yeah, I didn't really go through that phase. But, yeah. Sorry. I know I did, Rod. But I, luckily, I didn't, like, almost die or anything that year. So, you know, it was okay. Yeah, there's – I think this also takes the crown for the longest hair. No, I think it's either this or the Chamber of Secrets. It's uh, the crown for the longest Harry Potter film. I forgot which one it is. I think it might be Chamber of Secrets, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I think this is like two hours and 37 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think Chamber of Secrets is like two hours and 40? 241. Yeah, somewhere around there. So it's, uh, yeah, those Harry Potter movies are long. Long ass for that. It's a good, it's a good commitment. It's just also I just the franchise as a whole. Then we got to do a franchise retrospective one day because it's just the, the, these films do such a great job as making you feel a part of this the world and everything too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. all right, Jacob, we turn back to you. We've done our ten through sixes, our five through twos. Jacob, what is your number one film? My number one movie. I I remember just a few weeks ago I was telling somebody how much I love this movie. And they're like, I'm surprised you like that movie so much, Jacob. They couldn't believe it. Uh, just probably because it, it is kind of not like my personality stuff, but it's a history of violence. I love this movie. It is so good. It um, is such a great film about your past coming back to haunt you and how sometimes as hard as you run for your past, you just can't get away from it. And Viggo Mortensen plays this gangster, and if you've never seen it, and uh, he, he uh, decides to leave that life behind. He's like, you know, that's not good for me anymore. I mean, it's not really good for anybody. But uh, it, he, he leaves it behind. And is like, I'm going to go start a new life in this small town. And he starts a family. And it's like years later, you know, he's been married for a while. He's got his own little business in the town. And all of a sudden, the craziest thing, these two bad people come in, try to rob his business. And, of course, he puts it to him. He gets them really good and it makes national news. And that's where the whole thing starts. People from his past start coming up. You know, I, I love when uh, Ed Harris finds him and he's like, he says, he says something to him and he calls him Joey. And I just always remember that. And, and it's such a good movie. Viggo Mortensen was on this stretch of movies in like the mid 2000s of all films. I just love you. Of course you got the Lord of the Rings films. You got Hidalgo, which is another one of my favorites. And you got this and then Eastern promises is another great one a couple years later. Um, but yeah, he's one of my favorite actors, like everything he's in, whether it's this or, you know, I really love green book. I love captain fantastic. He's in so many good movies and this one it's violent. It's dark, but it's just so good. And every time I watch it, I think it's just got this classic, 
you know, thing that maybe has been done in other films, but this movie does it the best, you know, of, you know, getting back into the groove of your past and redeeming it and then coming back to what you are now. Oh, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just such a good movie. I love it so much. And yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen, he's great in it. I don't know if it's his best performance, but I think he's good in everything. Oh, The Road. That's another good Vigo movie. But uh, yeah, that, it's so good. The History of Violence is great. See it if you've never seen it, but be prepared. There's some gruesome scenes in this one. <laughs> it's uh, We were talking about this guy a little earlier too, but uh, William Hurt is also in this movie. Yes, yeah. and he's great in it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about him off screen, but I... This is due for a rewatch because I haven't seen this movie in a long time, Jacob. So I feel like if I watched it again, I'd be like, oh man, why did I put that in my top 10? Because I, this is another one of those movies, Jacob. I think I watched, I think it was on TV or something one day, whether it was on FX or USA. I was on one of those channels and I was like, that's a really good movie. Um, and then I watched the, because I think they cut some stuff out because, you know, it was, it was the made for TV version or whatever. The TV. Oh, they would have had to have. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> so I, I ended up buying it later on DVD or how my parents did. And the, very good movie it's just it's just time for a rewatch because it's been probably five six years since i've watched history violence last time so great great number one pick there jacob oh, oh yeah <laughs> um maria bello too wanted yeah. to shout out <laughs> yep as uh his wife that the uh, yeah really good really good cast takes you on a journey uh my number one i i guess kind of surprised me because I, I knew I liked it a lot. I actually had Batman Begins at one a little bit uh, for, for a while. But then, I don't know, just the more I thought about it, I really love Wallace and Gromit, Curse the Way Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's an all-around great movie. Anyone can enjoy it. Like I said with Madagascar, loved it as a kid, and then got it on DVD not too long ago to rewatch it. And I was still cracking up at the jokes. Um, I, I love Ardman. I'm still working through them, almost done, I think, with the everything they've done. But yeah, the, this and Flushed Away and Chicken Run uh, were the, the big ones for me as, as a kid. Um, but it's still excellent. I don't think I had the, I don't think I ever got the video game for this one, but I would play it. I, I rented from Blockbuster several times. <laughs> and then, what was it good, Ben? I, I, I remember seeing ads for it and yeah. I wanted to play it. Yep. It was fun. I think there was one level that was kind of hard. I couldn't get past in my, you know, three or five day rental or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it was fun. Uh, I kind of want to pick it up now. But yeah, it's it's so good. The The voice work and everything is really good. Um, I'd gone to a uh, animation. I, I guess they kind of worked with DreamWorks on it as well. I don't know all the history, but there was a, a DreamWorks museum thing I went to uh, weeks ago and they they had one of the like scale models that they used in the film. And it was really cool. The garden set with grommet and like the pumpkins and everything. Um, but yeah, all that, all that stop motion stuff is really fascinating to me. So how, how long they can spend on, you know, just a few seconds of the movie. Um, they, they put a lot of work into it. So yeah, it gets, you know, it gets silly at the end, I guess, but I mean, it's, it's a kid's movie and it's still a ton of fun. And I just saw too the the soundtrack, the, or the score is Julian Knott, who I'm not really familiar with, but it was produced by Hans Zimmer. So there you go. He's he's tied into a lot of my favorites. 
yeah, go watch it if you haven't. I think okay. you Arbit animation it. is really they kind of like like they kind of go they fly on our radar a little bit in terms of the quality of films they put out. I mean, freaking Sean the Sheep is fantastic. A movie <laughs> called I mean Sean the Sheep. Seriously, I didn't think I, I would like that movie at all. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, and they did Deflushed Away, and I, excuse me, I quite enjoyed that movie too. So, uh, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, yeah, Arben's really, really, really great. And I'd, I really like Chris the Word Rabbit, too. That would have been an honorable mention of mine as well. Uh, just a really great movie. Okay, so my number one, I've mentioned this film before a couple of times throughout the podcast, and it's, Still to this day, my favorite Peter Jackson film. It is a top in my top 16 films of all time. That would be King Kong, the three hour epic, the first three hour film I ever saw in theaters. Uh, because I have this little tradition I do with my dad because this film came out around Christmas time. Of we do last minute Christmas shopping and we decided to go see King Kong and he fell asleep about an hour and a half into the movie. Uh, but I that's my dad, it's okay. But yeah, King Kong to me is a wonderful, amazing epic. I mean, the visuals are stunning. The look of Kong is awesome. And you can probably cut out a little bit of that first act if you want to make it like a little bit of a tighter film. Because I think the first act, they kind of do a little bit too much. They kind of drag some stuff out. But I also kind of like watching them make a movie. So I was kind of like, you know, I got to take the poison there. Do I cut, do you leave that away or do do you keep it in there? I'm, I'm, for me personally, I'm glad Peter Jackson kept it in there. Uh, but once they get to Kong or Kong Island, to Skull Island, that's when they really like. That's when the movie really starts to pick up, and uh, the movie really gets going. But you know, the cast itself is fantastic. Adrian Brody, Naomi Watts, who I just I love this movie. My introduction to Naomi Watts was this movie. I thought she was wonderful. I actually think, and Star School of Rock fans out there, but I think this is probably Jack Black's best performance. He is. Because he's, he's he has to do a little bit more. He's kind of he's kind of a dick in this movie. It's kind of it was kind of great seeing him kind of play a dick for once. Because uh, you know in other movies we kind of seem to be this goofball, right? And it's kind of this you know this lovable goofball. But here he kind of plays a bit of an asshole. And uh, his line of delivery though at the end of it was Beauty That Killed the Beast. I it was perfect line of delivery. I, I'm very proud of Jack Black for doing that. He pulled that off really well. But it's that chemistry between Kong and Naomi Watts or Andero. It is so, it's wonderful. You know, it's just from her going into this frightened, you know, woman, you know, being scared of this creature that, you know, she has, when you have Adrian Brody, you think, yeah, that's easy. You fall in love with Adrian Brody, but she falls in love with this, uh, with this ape who, very misunderstood, guys, this very misunderstood ape creature. And, uh, you know, they, they, kind of, they kind of teach sign language. And there, there's a scene when he's on the Empire State Building when he's like doing this. And he's like, yeah, beautiful. When he's looking over at the sunset, what a wonderful visual that is. Uh, the action here, too, was insane. I still remember nine-year-old me watching that King Kong and T-Rex fight for the first time. Just wanted to put my fist up and be like, fuck yeah, Kong, you go. You go, Kong, kick that guy's ass. I mean, just the, I mean, because I think it's three T-Rexes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he goes, He's going up against... And just the brutality of the last T-Rex he kills, it's awesome. I just, yeah, he just ripped ripping the mouth. Oh, it's so, I mean, just brutal. And I mean, this is like a hard PG-13 movie. I mean, Peter Jackson's pushing R here at a couple of points. It's a, it's a, it's, it, this movie's brutal. Um, and then, of course, actually my favorite stuff after the jungle is actually kind of the stuff in New York. When they all get back from their trip 
and Ant's kind of missing Kong, and you know, they're there's it's a it's a quieter scene when they reunite and they're kind of just like hanging out in the ice and just like them interacting. It's like, damn, I'm really crying. I'm really tearing up over a a CGI ape and 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 a, and a woman. It's just it's wonderful the, the relationship that Peter Jackson kind of uh, builds through this movie and the cast is great. Kind of the adventure they go on through Skull Island to rescue Nandero. Like Jay, yeah, Jamie Bell's in this movie too. And Jamie Bell's terrific. I'm forgetting. So Kyle Chandler, good job for you, Kyle Chandler, being in two Kong movies. Well done, well done. I don't know how you made that happen, but you did it. And I prefer this Kong movie over the other one he's in. Uh, but yeah, King Kong to me is just a wonderful adventure epic from start to finish. And the extended cuts like another 13, 14 minutes longer. And it's like an extended when they're fighting those bugs, I think that fight scene lasts like another five or six minutes. That scene terrified me the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, God, gross. Well, yeah, I could talk all day about King Kong. And James Newton Howard's score is amazing. I love this score. It's one of my all-time favorite scores. It is so beautiful, especially when uh, Kong dies in the end, too. And that music is playing. And it's, it's terrific. I love King Kong so much. This was my number four. And it is excellent. Uh, it is one of those that I'm sure, like we do now, when they announce you know a remake <laughs> of an old movie, we're like, why? But I, this one I think is is pretty cool. I I have seen the 1933 version, uh, and it it still not that it completely holds up, but I think it's still worth a watch. It is it is cool you know how they made the movie too um of course it's guy in a monkey suit <laughs> sometimes um with the force perspective or whatever but yeah the to make it the the cgi and, and the spectacle of this one i think was um not that it was needed but it, it is cool um i agree that it is pretty pretty long <laughs> there's some stuff you can cut out uh i saw this in theaters with my dad as well but he had to stay awake so he could cover my eyes for the scary scenes. I I only watched about half this movie in theaters because um, I was a wuss. But it, like you said, it it I mean it pushes the rating there. I even just hearing it uh, with my eyes closed was was pretty uh, scary. So this began my my fear of monkeys, um, which continued with Andy Circus again in Planet of the Apes. Um, well, more so the other characters in the movies, but yeah, it uh, it is it is very good. Uh, Anna said she watched it in theaters as well, and she teared up at at the end. Also, no, it's a it's a tearjerker so, ending. It is. Yep. it's it's like a it's a beautiful tragedy at the mm-hmm, end. Mm-hmm. So yes, I I agree, and the the score is fantastic too as well. Kind of an underrated score, I feel like. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, guys, that will do it for our 2005 retrospective. Jacob, can you go through your list one more time for the audience? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Number 10, I got Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Number 9, Walsh and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Number 8, Zathura. Number 7, Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Number 6, Wedding Crashers. Number 5, The Chronicles of Narnia. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Number 4, an unfinished life. Number three, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Number two, Walk the Line. And number one, A History of Violence. Benjamin, one more time for the audience. Number 10, A History of Violence. 
Number nine, Walk the Line. Eight, Revenge of the Sith. Seven, Wedding Crashers. Six, Madagascar. Five, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Four, King Kong. Uh, three, Goblet of Fire. Two, Batman Begins. And one, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Wear Rabbit. All right, and my list one more time for everybody. Ten, North Country. Number nine, Hitch. Number eight, The Longest Yard. Number seven, Coach Carter. Number six, Wedding Crashers. Number five, Cinderella Man. Number four, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Number three, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Number two, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And number one, the eighth wonder of the world himself, King Kong. So, as I like to say, as we've been doing the past couple of times, I announced the film we are going, or the year we're going to be talking about next. And we're going to revisit this next film, or this next year, next month in October since this episode is technically coming out in September. In the year we are going to discuss, gentlemen, we're going to click to the year after, the year 2006. Oh, I see what you did. Yeah, you see what I did there, Jacob? You see what I did there? Yeah, we are going to go just one year, one year ahead to the year 2006. We had a Pirates film come out. We had an Adam Sandler film come out. We had a Tom Cruise movie out that year. Uh, We had a, there was a lot of films that came out in the year 2006. And when you guys go through the list, your your head's going to hurt. Because (laughs) a lot of great films came out that year. Nice. And I was already putting my list together. I was like, oh, crap. There's a lot. There's some films here. I need to go back and rewatch again. Uh, Another Vince Vaughn film came out that year. Borat came out that year as well. So, yeah, there's a lot. And then, and one of the more underrated DreamWorks films came out that year as well. Not going to say what it is, but I love it. You'll probably hear on my top 10. But, yeah, 2006, guys. Look forward to it coming in October. Jacob, thank you for, once again for joining us. Where can people find you online, Jacob? Oh, I'm at Jacob Bills on Instagram and at Automobiles on TikTok. I do movie stuff on both those. So if you want to follow me on them uh, i'll follow you back it'd be a lot of fun <laughs> all right and ben where can the good people find us online you can find us on instagram at the infinity film podcast and email us with your favorite movies from 2005 and what years you'd want to see us do in the future maybe you got a favorite that sticks out to you let us know at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. That's rb, like Rod Ben, dot the Infinity Film Podcast at gmail.com. All right. And guys, do not forget, September 1st is Patreon Day. That is the day we launch our Patreon. So by the time this episode's out, our Patreon would have launched already. But in case you missed the post or whatever, our Patreon is up and running. Good to go. But listen to that first episode we talked x-men with jacob and our buddy zach oh i remember a, that one. Oh yeah it was <laughs> yeah. a good old cry fest we all it was cried. an epic it was yeah, that was a definition of an epic because we talked for a while but it was it was one of my favorite conversations it was it was a good yeah. time we had a great time talking about the entirety of the x-men trilogy so go check that out just support us on patreon if you can uh we really do appreciate the support and uh, if not, that's okay because we got great episodes for you guys uh, coming out later on in the month, weeks ahead. We got a couple of Disney stuff we're going to be talking about and uh, a Karen Knightley episode as well. So look forward to that. We got a lot of good stuff coming in September and the months ahead. So we appreciate you guys' the support. And until next time, we will see you later. Bye.
Oh, and have a great holiday weekend as well. Jeez.